I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words podcast. I'm joined by Bradley Todd. Brad, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are we doing? Uh, I'm all the better for speaking to you, all the better for the mullet we're growing over the next yeah. couple of weeks. I mean, you can, I can't, but that, that, you know, let's not get into that too much. Um, <laughs> I'm really glad after months of kind of downplaying the Cameron Smith stuff, not I wouldn't say not believing, but I always just felt mm. like it was going to come to an end. Um, yeah. You've been very, very bullish. You've been on every single one of his wins on the podcast this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, so great work with that. Um, and I just felt like last week, like it was the first time I've ever been convinced by him. And I'm really glad mm. that that was kind of rewarded. And it, and it really took the conversation I had with Matt uh, Vincenzi on the DraftKings show the, the sort of day before. Like I didn't even really notice how well he'd come back at the Scottish. Um and that just put it on the radar. And then you look at what he'd done to get there. Um, really, really impressive. So yeah. for a guy to go and put in and out of a bunker on 17 to win a major championship was uh, pretty electric. Yeah, that that, sh- that was it, wasn't it? That was the shot. Um, just the balls to do that. And that one in the open. And then to hold the putt as well. It was just nails. And he was just phenomenal to watch. And I was saying to you, like, isn't it so he's just a great person to be on, to back. Yeah. Like when he's in, when he's got his eye in like that, it just looks like buckets off of holes, and he's just, just brilliant short game and just brilliant temperament and just what a what a champion. What a I champion. just I just remember messaging you. I think was it Friday and just saying like, God, it's amazing being on Cameron Smith. Like just watching him hold putts. Like he shot a 64 on on Friday and was just draining putts from everywhere. And then just luckily the only round of, of golf I missed this week was Saturday, and that's well, when he, he was bad. Do you know what? He was very unlucky on that day as well. I know it was it was a lot worse than what he was on the other three days, but he didn't have the rub of the green and uh, things weren't really going for him. And he, he was lipping out putts, which he wasn't, thankfully, wasn't doing on the final day. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I felt like he was probably a bit pissed off coming off Saturday and uh, he come out all guns blazing and gave it a right go. And look, I didn't think Rory was going to... Um, we always know, or always, what we were saying earlier, he's got that monkey on his back after not winning a major for eight years. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I fully expected him to shoot better than 70 and and win it personally. Um, but fair play. Art Smith gave it a good go. He posted 64 and he won it. They kept saying at the start of the day, like, what does someone need to do to put the pressure on? And they said that the winning score was... And to be fair, I thought the coverage was actually really good. Like, the was commentary really good. was good. And, like, they said, like, 20 under will win it, so it means that Rory's only got to shoot four under, um, and that's going to be really easy for him to do today. And and I agreed with a lot of that. And like even on the front nine, like it felt like he was playing everything right. Like he was making all the right shots, he was making mm-hmm. all the right decisions, he was putting off the green when he should have done. He was, you know, leaving himself far enough away from the hole when he needed to, and attacking it when he, you know, when he did as well. And it felt like on the front nine he just wasn't getting the rub of the green. Mm-hmm. And then on the back nine he just stalled. And I sort of said to you like. It, it's when you're Rory McIlroy and you and this is the problem is like everyone saw him when he was like 2011 to 2014 where he was just winning majors every year right I think he won two in 2014 and you know did he win the others in 2012 and 2011 and maybe a 2013 off I think it was um, but like he didn't know anything else other than winning these majors like when he had a chance he just got there right and he won 2011 by eight strokes 2012 eight strokes 
Um, 2014 was a little bit tighter. Uh, both of those, actually. He was, he was quite close in the Open and the PGA. But, like, he just didn't know anything different. And then, not only is he, like, not contended... Like, not only is he not won one for eight years, but he's not really contended. Mm. Like, I don't really remember another opportunity where you thought, okay, this is Rory's to lose. And that's what yeah. it felt like on Sunday. And I think that kind of probably got to him, like... I think he spoke at the pressure. You looked at him on the first tee, looked very nervous. And then he was just banging driver after driver down the middle. And you're like, okay, well, he's nervous, but he's obviously channeling it. Yeah, he's still yeah. channeled in, yeah. And I was like, that's really ominous. Like, if he looks as, as worried as he does and, and he's doing that, then we're stuffed. Um, yeah, and that's how I felt. Yeah, yeah that's I, how I felt, yeah. I, I didn't, you know, not at any point. I can't remember when it was that we kind of started messaging each other saying, like, this can happen. It was probably 11, maybe, for... Felt the camp. door had opened a bit. Yeah, like... And I just thought, you know, this is it. Like, Rory's not taking advantage. Um, you know, and he, he rattles off five in a row to Cam. And, and I get the people that are saying, like, Rory didn't lose it, Cam won it. Like, you can't take away what Cam did. But like, Rory, all Rory had to do was make two birdies on that back nine. Mm-hmm. And and you're in a playoff. And then, you know, then if Cam wins it, then fine. But, like, yeah, doesn't birdie 14, doesn't birdie 18. I know he had to go for it on 18, but he didn't even set up the eagle chance, which was, I thought was unforgivable. Yeah, it's... Like, 17 hits a great shot. Putt was really tentative. Like, so it, like, I think, like, basically every day he had, like, two or three birdies on the back nine. Like, and he just didn't do it when it mattered. And, you know, that's that's Rory at the moment. So I don't want to dog it in too much, but it did feel like that. Like, mm. the landscape of Rory McIlroy had been so different, I think, yesterday. If he had won, you'd have thought, this is a new lease of life. Here comes another four or five majors. Definitely, yeah. Um, whereas, from that, wouldn't he? Yeah. Whereas now, I think you're worried again. Like, how it's how he reacts at Augusta. He's gonna, the trouble is, with Augusta being the next one, is that's where he's having the most trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's where he looks like he's going to win and doesn't. And I don't know. I, I'm I'm hopeful for him because his game's just so good right now. Um, and to be honest, if I wasn't on cam, I'd have been rooting for him a lot harder. Yeah, yeah um, me too. And there was a point where, like, the, going into the final round when he was four shots ahead, I was like, you know what? Like, I don't hold up I'm much. I'm going to lose to anyone. Let yeah. Me worry. yeah. Like, and, and more importantly, one, because I'm sort of warming to him anyway, but two, because I just, I'm just sick of hearing about it. Like, I just, I'm just so keen to get this kind of Roy McIlroy thing. But I don't think they help it. Like, you know, they keep saying, like, oh, with Tiger Woods going away, like, Rory's going to step in and be the guy. Exactly. He's the face of golf. Isn't yeah, it? and it's like that can't help. Like, yes, he's a prolific winner, but like you're you're trying to compare him to a guy that's won 83 times and 14 of them being majors. Like, it's just not fair. Or 15 of them being majors. Like, it's just not fair. I don't think it's added pressure, isn't it? And yeah. yeah. But you, you think about someone like Phil Mickelson loved being mentioned in those conversations because he never was the guy. Um, so he'd have rev- reveled in that. Whereas I think Rory's been that guy on and off for. 10, 15 years and just never really settled into it. So, no. anyway, I think any any other sort of, sort of takeaways from the Open? I thought that some of the live guys obviously performed yeah. well. Um, not to say anything positive about that. I, you know, I, I'm not nonplussed about it. It's a bit of a shame that, you know, Cam's uh, performance has been overshadowed by all that. But, like, to the people that sort of say they don't care anymore, like Dustin, Bryson, mm. Answer, all look like they cared. Like, I've got to be yeah. honest. And, like, you know, I think Fleetwood and Hovland have been rumoured. They look like they cared, obviously. Um, you know, rumoured and doing it is two different things. But, mm, like... A lot of rumours come out today, haven't they? They have. They have. Um, I mean, one of them's definitely happening. The, the Stenson one is going to happen. Oh, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure this Cam thing happened six months ago. And 
I'm pretty sure there's going to be a team Australia and they've just now leaked it because it's the best time to leak I it. Can't, surely not. I mean, I'm, I I can't buy into the rumours Cam Smith's going I, 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 I think he already was. And I think it's just one of those ones where like probably had it arranged before he even won the players. Jeez, man, like, that's heartbreaking. Because I think I think there was like there was already rumours that there was going to be a team Australia, basically like the South Africans. Um and he would be a part of that. So it, it depends. Yeah. I mean, you can I use try not to read too much into it all until it comes a bit more black and white. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all, you know, tea leaves and, and what you make yeah. of it. I mean, Tommy Fleetwood's come out or someone's come out on yeah. Tommy Fleetwood's behalf and said it's not happening. Yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah, that's, um, that's if, if Cam Smith follows it up, then great. Um, because as much as I have been fairly supportive of individuals on there, I, I don't necessarily want all this to keep dragging out. So, um <laughs> Yeah. But from a pure golfing standpoint, I thought it was good to see Johnson, DeChambeau in the mix, Answer playing better golf yeah. again. Like some of the others, sort of rumours go Adam Scott, all those sort of people, like just just playing good golf as we might have expected. So, mm. any any surprises for you that struggled, like on the opposite side of what we're saying here? Well, Morikawa, I guess you can be yeah. the obvious one, um, but he just isn't playing very well at the moment, and you can see why. The bookies were offering such big boosts. I well, mean, I, I took him for that price thing, like as we sort of spoke about on the podcast, and and that was the only reason I took it because I sort of spent all week saying that like last year wasn't an Open Championship, and then you know the last evidence we've got of him playing links was the Scottish Open, and he was crap. Like yeah. it's not a complete surprise to me. No. Um, so and like you say, he's just not playing that great, but it is still you don't expect him to miss the cut, right? You, you, yeah, no, you don't at all. And I mean, we were saying about the some of the live golfers coming over, um, playing well, like Bryson, Anser and DJ. But I think the big disappointment was probably Brooks not yeah. being able think, to get himself up there. I think Brooks and Louis, like, you know, there was yeah. a lot of, I think everyone was kind of saying, like, if anyone's going to do it for yeah, Liv, They were probably the two along with DJ, weren't yeah. they? Who I, got I, them yeah, DJ and Louis were the ones, weren't they, that everyone was kind of, Mm. convinced for a little bit big price and I think they probably were like if they were on the PJ tour they probably been shorter than that but um, you know it didn't work out for Louis and it did for DJ I think but then you did see some of the competitive rust from DJ I think that like yeah. didn't make some of the putts he would normally make and um, you know it is what it is but uh, it was a really good tournament really really nice to see obviously you know it's, it's another winner for us which is you know ultimately the main thing uh, in terms of making money and, and keeping the podcast alive so uh you know that that's good. So really happy with that. Well done, mate, on Cam Smith yeah. again, and um, you know, happy to uh, to go into this week. And when I say happy to go into this week, I think you've got to be bit of a come down. <laughs> it's a come down, and you've got to be a bit of a golf sicko to enjoy these events. But fortunately, we are, and the people that generally listen week to week are as well. So um, we've got the Kazoo Classic that we'll start with on the DP World Tour, and. I've got to be honest, I was actually quite intrigued by Robert McIntyre until I saw his price. Uh, oh, mate, me too. I wrote him down before uh, all the odds come out. I yeah. was like, imagine if we get 20s, you yeah. know, and just be, I'll be all over him. And then I saw 12s and I was like, that's probably about right. It, At the same time, it's just I couldn't go near that just at all. It was the easiest decision to just draw yeah. a line through. Like, I I do it with Fleetwood and I do it with Wiesberger and I do it with others. Like, why would I not do it with McIntyre? Like... And I, I was just basically buying into the fact that I thought his interview was really good. He was saying about his new coach. He was really happy with how he was. It was weird. He sort of said, I didn't trust myself. And then in the next next breath, he was like, I feel like I've got complete control of my shot. So I was like, well, you're kind of contradicting yourself a little bit, um, which kind of makes me think he doesn't quite know where he's at, which is which is not useful at 12 to 1. So, um, But I think it's a good golf course for him. I think his weekend, he had a really good weekend as well. He well, did. Really good, but he, he shot 69, 68, and that's always... If he, if he had uh, 
you know, sort of uh, had, a, had a bit of a mare over the weekend, might have got a better price, but yeah, went, went the wrong way, didn't it? So it did, yeah. Otherwise, you've then got Oliver Becker and Thristle Lawrence at twenty mm, to Becker one. Another one I like, but just too short again. You and Thristle Lawrence as well. You can understand it with how well he's playing. I mean, he's a weak field, isn't it? Yeah. But at the same time, you can, I can't I can't take either of them at that price. So I thought Thristle Lawrence was the closest for me, um, just because his like if you look at tour tips, like his form yeah. is the best of everyone based on adjusted scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to factor in the fact that all those appearances are big field events. Um, and then I was quite interested by Jorge Campillo. I thought he'd been playing some good golf and, and played well in this kind of format, uh, you know, course type before. So uh, liked him, but. The first of your selections was actually one that caught my eye, and, and Thorbjorn Jonasson stands out for you. Yes, and it was a, a toss-up between him and Richie Ramsey, I think you could also make a really good case for this week. But yeah. I, I think Olison a little bit bigger. I got him at 28, but I think, I think he's um, shortened up now. Uh, but yeah, he, he just looks a bit more like his old self this year. He won at the British Masters. I mean, it was unconvincingly in the end. A bit of a nervy final round, but it, it got him back in the winner's circle, and you know, this field is weak, as I just said, and he's got plenty of links in UK form. He's first and runners-up at the Dun- Dunhill Links. He won yeah. the British Masters. But a really good record in Qatar. Decent record in the Irish Open with multiple top tens, which it just that all just bodes well. Um, since he's won, though, he's been in pretty pretty poor form. Um, but the last couple of performances, he finished tied eighth at the Irish Open and 30th at the Scottish Open. Looks as though he's sort of returning to form somewhat. And I just think the test will suit him. And with it being tough with the odds available to find value at the top, I just thought that he stands out as the best option. Yeah, I think I think for Olison, like one, it was worrying how he reacted to that win. Like normally with someone like Olison, you expect him to kind of kick on, mm-hmm. and he didn't. Um, you mentioned kind of where he's won before, or contended like Dunhill Links, uh, Qatar, like even like Sicilian Open in 2012, like nice, just wide open, breezy, um, just just all good positive things and. You know, you think of all of a sudden, like, he's probably the type of player that normally would be classed like McIntyre is, like, not <laughs> that long ago. So, um, I, you know, I do like the price. I I was hoping, like, when I looked back at what he'd done at the Scottish Open, it was a bit more like, you know, like a 30th, but could have been a 20th yeah, stats, or a 10th. Stats weren't great on the eye either, to no. be honest. He didn't hit it very well. He's, he, he's putting. He's putting the lights out, to be fair. But I just think it's um, just got to hope that... You know, he, when he did win, he was hitting it well and he was putting it well. You know, it was you just got to hope that he's going to build confidence from these two performances and improve. And it's just improve such a that. such a different field. Like finishing yeah. eight for the Irish Open and thirty for the Scottish Open is basically winning this. So, um, you know, pretty impressive. I thought the number was decent considering the people around him. That was it. Yeah, I did think the number was uh, was the most appealable part, to be honest, just because I think he's he's most likely to win. Uh, you know, like he's he, he's he's the one in the field that's got what was he won three times no no six times yeah, sorry yeah um it's it's just uh yeah I don't think there's many people in the field that can boast that so you'd like to think if he didn't get into contention that he could um you know fight for the win I think that's the thing with like with with Ollison, like people do forget just how many like I know it's just a slip up of the tongue there but like people do forget how much he's won because it's been so long since he was like the top player but exactly you put that controversy to bed now and he's yeah. just sort of um coming back yeah, i think he's coming back he is and like you look at like everything he done like right away from like back on the challenge tour he beat bernd wiesberger um mm-hmm. 
First win, he beats Chris Wood, who was a good player at the time. Second win, uh, Victor de Buisson. Third win, Brooks Kepka and Chris Stroud. Fourth win, David Horsey and Hao Tong Lee. Fifth win, mm-hmm. Francesco Molinari in Italy. Um, and then slightly different this year, beating uh, Sebastian Soderberg. And you look at the one time he's lost uh, in the playoff, he lost to George Cozier in South Africa. Like, yeah. he, he, he plays, like, really, really well, high-level stuff in top fields. Um mm-hmm. WGCs and stuff like that. Like he he is actually basically like even even McIntyre. Like he's a different level to him. I know McIntyre has played well yeah. um, at major championships like a couple of times. Obviously in the in the Open and, and especially the Masters. But like people forget Olsen was like that when he first came out. Yeah. Like sit for sit for the Masters for himself as well. Yeah, right? in in a debut. Like yeah, that was that was the wildness of it. Like top ten second start in the open championship, first start in the in the Masters sixth, like twenty first in the Masters the last time he played in twenty nineteen, like mm. um twelfth in the open twenty eighteen. Like he's been very solid. So um people probably forget what Ollison was like because of maybe feelings about him, which is completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Um Matthew Jordan was next up for you and he so, he was on yeah. my radar and like I just He's not quite doing enough for me, but when yes. you look at back at like didn't he open with a sixty-three here? That's true. Yeah. Round one for the British Masters. He did, yeah. He opened with a sixty-three when it hosted the British Masters, and he just fade, faded over the the next three rounds. Didn't shoot around in the sixties and finished in fifteenth. Yeah, and is that is that a concern for you? That it that is, is certainly a concern. Honestly, it was a really tough take this week. I just think it's a really good opportunity for him. I just feel as though if he is going to break through, it's going to be on a Lynx course, you know, a course like this. And it's it's really close to home for him. Um, so I'm sure he's going to have lots of support. And I just hope that he's going to be, like, raring to go and up for it. Because I just, he's a player that I think has, you know, he's had a lot of potential for so long, but it's just, it's never fulfilled it. And, you know, you look at his results, you know, he's had tied fifth at Dunhill Lynx, tied fifth Qatar, tied 12th Irish Open, tied 18th Aberdeen. Scottish Open, it's like similar lines to Ollison in some ways, obviously not without getting the better results. Yeah. Um, yeah, He's a lot more mature now, although, you know, he still hasn't really improved an awful lot. Only recorded that one top 10 this year in Qatar. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's more of a, a, I just took the weak field into account again and I just have a hunch he's due a big performance. And as I said, I think if it's going to come, it's going to be on a course like this. I think, I think so, Matthew Jordan, he's, he's a prime candidate for someone that your opinion can change on him very quickly. Like, mm-hmm. if he gets one win, then you start saying, well, he's got a win. He's got a fifth at Dunhill, third in Wales, fourth in the uh, Crans, fifth in the Portugal, like, fifth in Qatar. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, okay, he's been really solid for a long period of time, um, and he's overdue. And, he's, mm. I mean, he's 26, so he's not young. But he's like, not young anymore, no, but he's, like, he's in your head, you still think yeah, he is. He looks, he looks like 15, so <laughs> I, think, I think it's the fact that that he looks still looks young he's still got to go only back to 2019 for when he won on the challenge tour for the first time like he's not been around for long is is probably the main thing like i think he you know his extensive amateur career um mm-hmm. you know always felt like he was going to win at a links and then he kind of just changed tact a bit and was like you know portugal and crans and british yeah. masters and denmark where you thought okay maybe he's maybe he's a little bit you know he doesn't really know what he is and that can kind of catch you out like sometimes yeah. I kind of admire the fact that like you've got like a Matthew Southgate that will just keep playing well on links like and you just know what he is and he's yeah, reliable yeah. um, but then you say well he's a more well-rounded player that's a good sign so 
really tough to to kind of. Yeah, and again, I think still is he'll he'll be looking at that uh, the opener. You still he's he should make the cut there. Yeah. Honestly, you know, given like he knows the course, he's played what well at Dunhill links, and obviously yeah, he was probably a disappointing result at Scottish Open as well, tied 59th. Yeah. It's but, just uh, it, I don't know. I've just got a little hunch and. I, I just landed on him this week. I don't think I don't think the odds are great. If I'm being honest, I don't think 33, but I, I probably should be 40s maybe. But yeah. I somehow just feel like it's going to be a Matthew Jordan week. Um, I mean, you just look at the players around him though. Like Armitage doesn't really have a reason to be 33. Like as much as Ramsey's form's great, and I do understand the appeal to him. Like he's a long way away from a 2021 goal for now. Like. Even even with his form, so mm. then you look at, I mean, Sammy Valamaki was someone that yes. sort of come up on my radar, but like he's gone from three or four hundred to one yeah, to four. He's gone from triple digits to that so quickly, but I mean, you've got to remember his like his rookie of the year, wasn't well, it? Well, that's the thing. Like, so Sky sort of reminded me on the other shows. I like he actually only went from like one to five at the Irish to forty here. So like it's not it's that not much. That like it was but, a drastic yeah, he's tra- he looks like he could be back, maybe, you know, uh, just, uh, I don't know, I, I love Valamaki, I'm a huge fan of him, and I was on his first win at Amans, I've always had a soft spot for him, Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been really sad to see he hasn't really pushed on, um, but yeah, I'm glad to see that he's he's back, and yeah. Which is definitely one to watch, I think, in terms yeah, of like, yeah. if he's going to streak this together, then he's probably going to do something big at some point, uh, mm-hmm. we know he's capable of winning in good form. Yeah. Um, couple of players for, for Jason in, in this range that, um, you know, people, again, that I came sort of close on but couldn't get there. Antoine Rosner um, was probably the pick of the bunch of the people mm-hmm. that he's mentioned that I do like uh, in decent form. Again, likes this kind of wind-exposed layout um, and is probably a classier player than, than a few around him. Alexander Bjork, same sort of lines of thinking. I actually quite liked him to, to play well last week. Um, didn't necessarily, but like... You know, I, I don't think he was terrible. I know he missed the cut, but, you know, 20th at the Irish and 42nd at the Scottish is, is fine, and he was playing well before yeah. that. So, certainly get the appeal there. And Lucas, suit him as well. It should suit him. Like, it's the right sort of test for him. And uh, Lucas Nemeth just seems to be playing well great, all the time, great doesn't he? striker. Yeah, um, striker. So, again, seems reliable. Um, coming back over from the United States, played at the Barbasol. Um that was two weeks ago though, so he's kind of had a little bit of a break, which is yeah. which is fine. He didn't play the Barracuda, um, so yeah, I think I think that's a pretty decent trio there for for Jason. Yeah, he's got another couple of picks coming up uh, later on the board, but um, Jorge Campillo, like I think I said, was kind of one that was kind of close for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't get there in the end again. Marcus Kinhal obviously won the 2019 British Masters here, um, yeah. so I can kind of get the appeal on him. And then, I, yeah, I mean. My my picks don't really start until this kind of eighty to one range, or uh, I'm just trying to find the, the which is which is frightening. It, equal parts frightening, equal parts exciting, because uh, it means it could be a really good week. It could be uh, drastically terrible. But I think it's the kind of week where you can roll the dice a bit, you know. You can. Uh, you, you can. I just don't know if I want to rely on it, but I'm going to do it anyway. So before I go into those, Jason also likes Jack Senior. Um, he, he's up on that list and Ewan Ferguson as well um, so just to recap those Rosner, Bjork, Nimit, Ferguson, Senior all a nice little group there for Jason um, mm. and then I'm just going to kind of whip through my picks before we come on your long shot so um, the first of them which is kind of the shortest of the group is Jens Dantop at 66-1 to one. and 
Yeah. I originally marked Dance off, off as being too short um, because I thought there was maybe a bit too much stop being put in his Challenge Tour stuff. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's fifth, third, third, miscut, tenth for the last five starts on the Challenge Tour. And I looked back, and this is kind of the same sort of thing I put into the line of thinking with Tyrrell Hatton at the Scottish, but almost in reverse. Like, I just wanted to look at what he'd done the last few times he played at this level. So, obviously, when he stepped up. Now, he's made his last five cuts on the, on the DP World Tour. And mm-hmm. the most recent of those was tied 23rd in Sadao, where he was 15th yeah. after 54 holes. And he shot a 72 in the final round and still only finished two shots outside the top 10. So yeah. that suggests to me that he was, you know, he was 15th out of 54 holes, but had a really good chance to, you know, boop, you know, put himself up there in contention. And he's just kicked on. He, he won the following week, uh, yeah. then his third, fifth, third, third, miscut tenth. And I know this is a guy that we, we know what he is, right? We know he's a Challenge Tour player that flirts with the with the DPR Tour, like mm-hmm. winning 2013, winning 2017, winning 2022, like on the Challenge Tour. So he's he's a career Challenge Tour player, but. Best ever finished third on the Scottish Open uh, in terms of the world rankings. Fifth mm-hmm. in the Nordea Masters, another kind of wind affected. Uh, Wentworth, 35th. Like, again, just nice British course. It, it plays well into that. It's played well in the Scottish Challenge, played well in Northern Ireland. So I think he likes this kind of test. I know he likes it's it. more in the United Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah. Um, but he just seems to like it over here. So I thought there was enough, Brad, to, to go with him, even though he looks a little bit shorter than maybe he's, you know, it's because it's Challenge Tour. That, that's just your chest. Yeah, 100%. I, I think he's a really good bet this week. And, I mean, he opened up at 30-1 to 1 with Bet365. They were the first one to put odds up this uh, this morning. I was like, bloody hell, they're rating him. <laughs> yeah. So it just shows you how different people um, like rate him. Because his, his form on the Challenge Tour has been excellent since he had that finish on that good finish on the DP World Tour, you know, in Belgium. Um, and that can't be ignored. You know, it's still a very good level. And you can see players in the past that have come from having good form on the Europe on the challenge tour and sort of um put it on on the dp world tour so yeah i really like that and he's 80 to one isn't he yeah uh well he's, he's there's some 80s but there's actually 70s with seven places so yeah, that um be, uh, that, that's probably the way to play it just get that extra place um i did originally look at 66 so that's only six places um so take yeah. the 77 places obviously in that uh situation folks Sweaty Sack Summer is approaching and it's now time for you to prioritise the comfort of your crotch. That's why the King of Crotch Comfort, Manscaped, has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Now I've had the honour of testing out these new boxers and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear I've ever owned. It's so breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademark the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time for you to invest into your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping by using the code LFW20 at Manscaped. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that Manscaped on the waistband of your underwear, it's almost a guarantee to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on a highway to Pleasure Town. The micro model fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run or strut, these moisture wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and lays flat against your skin to reduce the chafing. And the front fly opening gives easy access and makes bath and breaks quick and efficient. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LFW20 at manscaped.com. And that's 20% off and free shipping with LFW20 at manscaped.com. So once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you will never go back. Then the next one for me I like as well. And this is more of a bet 365, which I need to actually look 
on that website for because they've, they've changed in their place terms a little bit, Bet365. I think they're offering some eight places on golf mm -hmm. yeah, uh, as well now. Extra. Um, so Frederick LaCroix, for me, was the other guy that I liked in this kind of range. And he's just been playing some really good golf again. This is a player that we've been talking about uh, you know, for a decent amount of time. So the 90 to 1 that you've got on him at Bet365 is the eight places. You can actually get 110 yeah. if you want to go uh, their normal place turns. But when you look at Ireland, he was second after round one and fourth after round two. Fell away, but still finished 37th, which I think is okay. He was 10th the week before in Germany. Round two, 67. Round four, 66. And the final round, 66, was the tie best of the day. Then he was 24th at the Dutch Open, you know, despite a, uh, a slow start making it 24th, miscut 10th, 37th in his last uh, four starts, all in better fields than this. Uh, one concern with LaCroix is even when he was playing at this kind of level on the Challenge Tour, he didn't win. But, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of rolls of a putt here or there, he had two or three wins last season. So I think I think he's capable of winning. It wasn't necessarily that he can't get over the line. Well, exactly that. And, I mean, that was the same for Hugh and Ferguson you yeah. know, before he won in Qatar. So... You know, these players develop playing at the highest level and they can win. You know, they're good enough. All them second places, that's just a shot or two away from winning. So When, like... I, when I look, he, he shot a 66 in the Tour Grand Final uh, to finish one shot shy of Hella Kilda, who actually shot a 72 on the final day. So, mm. obviously, had a decent lead and, and kind of just held on to it. Um, when he was second in Portugal to Marcel Schneider, he lost by one shot, but he shot weekend 66-65. Schneider shot a 70 to win, so again, had that kind of cushion. Mm. Um, Open de Espana shot um, 69 in the final round, lost by one. Uh, ben Tarrio just shot 66. Like, when you look at the scores around him, like 69 wasn't a bad score. So oh. he's never really seems to play himself out of it. If anything, he actually seems to take a step forward, which yeah. almost feels like he's not doing enough earlier in the week to kind of put himself in prime position. But... Even like Italian challenge, he finished fourth. He opened up 66-64, shot a third round 76, and then come back with a 67. So maybe that 76 shows that he has got a bit of a fragility in, in contention. But mm -hmm. you know, 21st at the British Open earlier this year, shot a final round 68 again. And maybe there's just a lot of like good final rounds that are kind of... Well, we saw up. what Daniel Gavins did, you know. Um, yeah. It's just like sometimes you only need like a final round if you're sitting five or six back. Like yeah. Armitage as well, you know. It's how these guys win sometimes. You know, they, if they've got it, if they're uh, if they're leading, they they might shit out. But if you post, if they're good at posting the score on the final day, you're always going to get a, have a chance. And also with that, like we don't know what he would have done at uh, Joburg. He was fifth there after and it got cancelled after 36. So yeah, yeah, um, I remember he was up there in that one. Good, good stuff to kind of look at. But the other two for me, Paul Waring. I think I might die before Paul Waring wins uh, <laughs> again. Um, but I will bet him. He, he won an Odea again, sort of links the layout. Third at Dunhill Links in the past. Plays one in the desert. Seventh at the Irish Open in the past. He was sixth on this course in 2019 That's at right. British yeah. Masters. And it's that was a much stronger event. He's from Merseyside. He's won the English Amateur in Merseyside. Um, not the same course. But, you know, just maybe just creature comforts will suit. Mm -hmm. Playing some decent golf. It feels like that was a plug your nose and just take it price for me with wearing. Um, the, the kind of 66s and the 80s that you can kind of get uh, 87 places or I think the 80s 8 places maybe a bit free to, free to five as well so just have a look on both of those um, and then Santiago Bentario was the other one for me he's just been striking nice. the ball well um, looks decent 
Yeah, he's really settled now, hasn't he? Yes. He's, he's struggling for a little bit. Um, but yeah, he really looks like he's found his feet at this level. And and the other thing for me was like, when I look back at his best finish, I think he played well in the Hero Open, which is obviously in England as well. Yeah. And that was the third place finish there. Apparently he had a bit of a run-in with uh, Grayson Murray when he was in America, which I didn't know. So really? that, oh, well. that was just fun. Apparently Grayson Murray... List of people that yeah, have. Grayson Murray slammed the ball straight into... Ben Terrio's group didn't say sorry, and Terrio decided to take oh, ownership cool. to that in the in the players' lounge, and it all booted off, and Grayson Murray got uh, ejected. But what I would say to that is that Grayson Murray could probably fight himself and knock himself out, so I wouldn't necessarily bother starting a fight with him. Yeah, it's um, too much. So that may be a bit of his Spanish flair kind of kicking in there uh, for Ben Terrio. But otherwise, all very positive about the Spaniard. Um, yeah. And then your final pick, I, I was really glad to see this because he was a guy that. <laughs> was on my mind because it's Liverpool, because it's links, because yeah. he's shown a little bit of form and it only ever has to be a little bit for me to kind of um, catch my eye, but it was Matthew mm-hmm. Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 150 to one, uh, which I thought would be just rolling the dice. He's, as you said, he's been playing some decent golf recently on the Challenge Tour. His last three starts finished 13th, 30th and 10th. Uh, he's Southport local, plays at Hillside as much as he can, so he'll, he'll know the course well. Uh, he played in the British Masters here back in 2019, made the cut, finished 70th, but he wasn't in the greatest of form at the time, so it can be a little bit forgiven. Um, he's determined to get back on the, the DP World Tour, um, so it's a, it's a great opportunity, given the level, uh, level field, to have a go at this, doing it this way. Uh, top five and top ten at the Scottish Open, tie third at the Irish Open, all bodes well. You know, he just might be able to spring a surprise. I just think, you know, in this kind of field, you, you can, like, roll the dice with these long shots. And I just think he's shown enough recently to uh, have a go. Even, like, just basically since COVID, like, 2020, 2021, 22, like, he's just had these kind of strings of results where he's looked like he's going to come back to his sort of former self. So, yeah. 2020, fourth in Italian Challenge, ninth for the Scottish Championship then was second in Andalusia before the, the Grand Tour final. Then 2021, back-to-back tied 18 finishes uh, on the Challenge Tour. Then he goes to the, the BMW International Open, finishes 26th there, backs out of the top 10 at the Challenge Tour. And I just it just felt like he was doing that. And then even like later on last year, just looked like he was going to get himself a card and just didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you say, just he looks very he's, determined. He's very determined, yeah. Uh, which is, you know, half the battle. He has the pedigree which is which mm-hmm. is the main thing like can he do it well we know he can because he's done it in better fields um and it was a long time ago like you know these are 2012 and 2014 results that we're talking yeah. about but you know we're talking about people that are you know we're talking about the yens dan talks maybe stepping up and you know taking advantage of the challenge tour why not take advantage of that with the same pedigree of player who's actually in good a form as well and mm-hmm. much proven back in the day like he's probably a better DP World Tour player than Jens Dantop's ever been so far um, yeah I'm, you know, not looking to, at the previous results yeah yeah not to contradict my own pick and make people feel worse about that but like you know he, he can do it we, we've seen it and that's all I really need to see so um, I liked Matthew Baldwin there was a couple that like caught my eye sort of around here I always give a glance to Chester's when we're back in England or mm-hmm. you know in the British Isles like, it always seems to catch the eye Gavin Green I think had played decently uh, at this golf course in the past if I remember rightly Um, I think he had a yeah he was 15th here uh, for the British Masters which is kind of a standout sort of performance for Gavin Green and when I think about his kind of 
you know, game. It's kind of streaky with the driver, streaky with the putter. Um, and certainly at the start of the season, he was looking like he was going to come back into something, 5th, 23rd, 22nd. Um, and then he's just gone six missed cuts in a row. So mm-hmm. really hard to tell what Gavin Green's going to do. And that's why he's a price he is. Because just on pure pedigree, I think he's a, a very good player and very capable. But other than that, Brad, I, I didn't really have too much on it. I didn't I didn't feel the need to spend too much time. I made my picks around sort of 80 to 100 to 1 mark. was pretty happy. Daniel Hillier was one that actually... Yeah, I really that. like Hillier. Yeah, he's another one coming off the Challenge Store who's been in crap, crap form yeah. like, for his standards. But found a result last week. Uh, finished seventh um so yeah he could and he has done it before i was on him when he finished third where was that was it the is it was the isps hander and he, yeah, he actually had a chance to win it didn't he uh, yeah he did yeah i was cheering him on but he was brilliant that week and so he can do it and he he's good on links you know new zealand he played i remember he showed up on the moon of links like they have a competition in uh event in australia which gets played on moon of links um I think there's two events on it, and he always shows up in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah, so I think I think it will suit him. I think it will suit him. Hi guys, just wanted to interrupt this betting preview just to uh, introduce another one of our partners who really do help the podcast happen. So uh, Athletic Greens have come on board, and uh, you know it's a product I use every day. So their AG1 product is something that I've started taking just because you know I, I wanted to be healthier and take vitamins, but I just don't have the time, or you know even just the discipline. Time's been probably a bit of an excuse, but you know the discipline to stick to a multivitamin schedule. So I just want a simple solution, better gut health, more energy. Uh, an optimised immune system without the effort and AG1 clearly offers that so I've been on it for you know four weeks now and, and I love it it doesn't taste like a super healthy drink it has this mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to drinking each morning which is you know a surprise for me and I've never really subscribed to that theory that something healthy has to taste bad and I'm glad that AG1 doesn't so that's a positive but one scoop of the AG1 product gives you 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source ingredients probiotics and adaptogens which you know just help you start the day right I've got both the 30 serving pouch and the travel packs at home which means i can use the main pack at home or my travel packs when i'm commuting to the office and i like that it's a simple solution i can just pair with water um, and don't have to kind of make anything too fancy so i've given this to friends and family over the last few weeks and my parents and friends have both given great feedback on the product and they're going to report back with any more findings but early suggestions are that they felt more of an energy boost so athletic greens have over 7,005 star reviews so they're clearly trusted globally and what i like is less than three pounds or three dollars a day which is you know it's cheaper than a starbucks habit which is something that we can all probably attest to having uh, in the past so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition that is ag1 uh, just one scoop and a cup of water every day and that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements just to take the ag1 and look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs and like i said they're really helpful when you're commuting uh, and that comes with your first purchase so all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash lfw and again that's athleticgreens.com forward slash lfw for loss for words to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance you talked about daniel gavin's coming through in the final round it was that event that that he kind of shot at the final yeah. round 65 to take it away from him. So uh, yeah. when you look at the kind of quality, of, not the quality of that field, but the players that finished ahead of him, so Gavin's, Horsey, Canizarius, Caramora, Smith, like Smith shot a 74 in that final round. Um, you know, Harding shot a 69. Who else is that? Horsey was up there as well. Horsey, right? yeah, second shot a 72 in the final round to lose by one. Like it was obviously a course that could catch you out if you weren't at your very best. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the players that we were talking about betting this week, like, 
Ben Terrier was 15th, Chester's was 15th, Jack Senior was 22nd. Like, Smith would be better if he was here. Like, Gavin's again, sort of type. Like, those type of players, you know, Justin Harding was around that sort of range. Like, this is a, the level of field that he could have won at. Um, mm-hmm. Had the same opportunity at the Dimension Dive uh, data as well. Uh, yeah. Lost to Alexander Knapp. But again, Dean Burmese to second, JC Ritchie fourth. Like, Strong fields that he performs in, so not mm. the most consistent type. Um, but he beat Heli Kilda, um, Anguvier, Manassero, Marcel Schneider, Henny Duplessis, Lacroix, Hannah, Paul at the Challenge Costa Brava. So, like, yeah, really... he reminds you of a Chase Hannah kind of type, actually. Yeah, he's, he's very unpredictable. Um, you know, he won't cont- he'll miss a cut and then for like three or four in a row, then suddenly, you know, he'll, he'll contend or finish in the top five, you know. It just reminds me of that type of player, very volatile. He he, because I just don't have the data of what led to the fifth and the seventh. Like if he was, if we knew he was striking the ball well in those challenge tour weeks, he'd probably be there. Um, mm-hmm. Just don't know. So uh, maybe if he got out to a price on Betfair, I'd probably have a look at Daniel Hillier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but former number one amateur, so he's got pedigree as well. Yeah. Anything else on on this event? Or are we happy to? No, uh, happy to move on. I'm, uh, there's a lot of players coming over from the Challenge Tour. We've we've, we've touched on a few like Anton Carlson, yeah, Todd Clements, um, Jesper Svensson, a young Swede. Um, you know, there's just uh, loads of opportunities for these guys to sort of make a name for themselves this week. So, yeah, it should be, as much as it's not the greatest of field, it's, um, it's an opportunity for others to impress and, yeah, some value there. Yeah, I uh, once incorrectly made a statement that um, Anton Carlson was Robert Carlson's son. Uh, and I, I think I did that on this podcast and the Pat Mayo show, and I publicly apologise on the Pat Mayo show for being completely wrong, and I don't think I did on here. So if anyone remembers back to me saying that uh, Anton Carlson was Robert Carlson's son and, and was ready to tell me that I'm wrong, then yes, I know I'm wrong. Uh, no relation. I just lazily put Carlson together because they're both good at golf and Swedish. So, um, But yes, he's 13th and 10th in his last two starts on the Challenge Tour, so um, likes that. Um, let's go on to the 3M then. Uh, it doesn't get much better uh, in terms of field really strengths, does it? I mean, we're headlined by Tony Finau, Hideki Matsuyama and Sungjae Im. Um, surprise that Hideki Matsuyama's here. A which... big drop-off from them three, really, isn't it? It, it is. It's a, it's a massive drop-off from them three. Um, there's some intriguing uh, players in this field this week and, and some that I'm you know, desperate to talk about, but otherwise found it a really hard betting event. Um, I've got some picks I like and, and the first one I'll go right off the bat is uh, Adam Hadwin uh, who's been basically the flavour of the last couple of months at pretty short prices and this time it just feels actually vindicated the kind of 25s that I saw him at earlier um, fourth and sixth here in his two starts and the head of the 2021 renewal he was uh, that's when he finished sixth and his form read miscut 40th miscut 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 coming in and then when he was fourth in 2019, he'd finished sixth for the Canadian Open two starts before that, but was miscut the week before the event, and no better than tied 29th in his eight starts before that Canada finish. So now you're looking at the fact that he was seventh for the US Open, 18th at Memorial, 35th in Canada before that John Deere miscut. Like, all of a sudden, I feel pretty good about Adam Hadwin. So mm-hmm. um, I don't love the price. I never loved backing Hadwin at short prices. It's not the type of player. But um, I didn't think it was 
that outlandish that he was that price in a no. pretty weak field. field. Yeah, no, uh, I like it. Interestingly enough, Maverick Neely as well popped out to me as someone that I thought was um, really appealing. But again, like... I think uh, you could look at them five. McNeely, Hadwin, Riley, Tagala and Davis and you're probably going to take one or you're going to have a short card and you could probably take two. Yeah. Um, uh, or, you know, three, I don't know how much you want. But I, I feel like it's tough to choose. I think you can make an argument for each of those at around the same price you know um, I think they're all good options it's interesting because like, what what do you think of when you think of this event because when I, I just think of big hitters and well, yeah, streaky putters yes well the, the greens aren't very tough are they yeah. they're, they're, there's not many undulation and so I think you could someone who hasn't been putting it very well it, you know it, they could get a bit of uh, joy here yeah um, but yeah it's pretty pretty straightforward course really other than you know there's lots of water in play you've got to make birdies you know lots of people are going to go in the water make birdies you've got to make the most of the par fives and bounce back and uh yeah there's not much really to it to no. be honest i mean it was interesting because i just i just like i think about matthew wolf and i think about cameron champ i'm like right i know what this golf course is like wolf beat bryson champ beat louis yeah, Stays and Vegas. definitely helps the pack a punch but definitely then you look at the fact that morikawa was second in that group with wolf Michael Thompson beat Adam Long, and like Charles Schwartzel was second last year. They're not, you know, massive hitters. And then you look at the kind of people down the list that have basically, you know, I've already mentioned Hadwin. Brian Stewart finished sixth here last year. Um, Ryan Armour sixth last year. Roger Sloan fifteenth and sixteenth. Mark Hubbard sixteenth last year. Like all of a sudden, you realise you don't need distance. Like I think it's one of those ones that like anyone can win. Like as long as you're playing decently really enough. Really solid tee to green. Yeah. and just holes and parts you, you know holes and parts and gonna go close yeah so basically what we're saying there is it's pretty straightforward and there's you know it's just a case of who's gonna have the hot putting week i think um mm. jason's gone one and done with sahith Thigala in this event uh, he's pretty keen with him the last time he went one and done i think was uh max homer at um yeah. that's uh, the Wells fargo so if you like that sort of stuff and, and the form that we've been in, uh, you know, Jason obviously picking two winners before this one of Cam Smith, then uh, probably yeah. should listen to that one. I wouldn't one. go against Jason, to be fair. No, it's probably a good time to... to I feel to like I, took, I wish I took to Gala now. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones where you're like, oh, maybe I should listen. Um, is Mark Hubbard out of the field or is he just not showing? Because he's showing... No, he is, out, he is out of the field, so I'm get out. Okay, so that saves me a, a few quid. Um, so then the... The next one, and the one that I'll let you talk about, and then I'll kind of piggyback off, is Adam Svensson. Mm, yeah, really like Adam Svensson. It's, like, it's just been a very solid year for him. Like, on his return to the PGA Tour, he's made six consecutive cuts, hasn't finished worse than 25th in his last four starts. Uh, last time we saw him was at the Barbasol, where he finished sixth, so he's in really good form. Isn't the longest off the tee, but just an excellent ball striker. Gives himself lots of birdie opportunities which you're going to need to do this week um he played at this event back in 2019 in his rookie year yeah in his 15th he carded three rounds in the 60s which included a round of 64 at the time he was on a run of five missed cuts before this event which i love to see that it just screams to me that the course would suit his diary you know he might have felt like he really needed a, a good result but I, I love to see that and he arrives this time just a, like a more completed player. He's in cracking form. And, yeah, I think he is 
my favourite bet for this one. Yeah, I, I like that. And like you say, I think the fact that he played so well on a debut where he wasn't the player, not only was he not informed, but like I think he's t- he's come on leaps and bounds like yeah. since then. Like he's won on the Corn Ferry and finished second since. I think he's won twice on the Corn Ferry. He did, yeah. Since then, hasn't he? In 2021, um, you know, before Ted Scott made the permanent move to Scottish Scheffler, Adam Svensson was one of the people that he was kind of looking to join up with. I think he was on his bag for a couple of weeks and. I kept using that as a reason to back Adam Svensson, and then he departed. So, um, you know, it's obviously it's worked out pretty well mm-hmm. for uh, for uh, Ted Scott. But uh, I don't think he's a bad judge of character when it comes to players. So, no, it's not. Uh, I thought that was pretty promising. So, I do like Adam Svensson. I think he might be the, the guy that I'm going to chuck in. Uh, but he's going to be popular this week. Um, he will be popular, yeah. But that's fine. Like you know, doesn't it's, it's not, it's Cam not, Smith last week? Yeah. Didn't, didn't stuff anyone. It's not DraftKings where you have to worry about how popular his guy is going to be. Like a million people can win, as long as you win as well. It doesn't really matter. So uh, mm. Adam Svensson is a decent bet. I think when you look again, like it feels like the prices are not great. Um, but you look at. I, I think it's quite good actually. Well, when you look at the people around him. Like, yeah, and I mean, he was so. I was on him last at the Honda, so it's taken me a while to back him yeah. since then. I was on him at a big price, and obviously, he was, he was leading at the time, and he had a terrible weekend, and it was heartbreaking to watch. He was just putting it in the water each hole on the final day to give away the place as well. He finished tied ninth, yeah, bunch of with a bunch. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was gutted. So yeah, that was hard. Um, but he's brilliant and he's been great for a while now and uh, it's only I think it's only a matter of time before he breaks through personally like, he's just, like, it's just been really solid like throughout the base of the whole season like 22nd of Bermuda 7th yeah. for the Sony 9th for the Honda again probably could have won that like Heritage 26th like, and then this run that he's been on now where he hasn't missed a cut in what 7 starts um, yeah I think it's 7 yeah. starts so you know, again, like no worse than the 25th, like you said, in his last four. But that extensive run of just not missing cuts is is pretty like impressive in his own right. So mm-hmm. uh, I like Adam Svensson as well. So I, I will uh, join you on that. Nice. The other one I like was Wyndham Clark, and a little bit for the same reasons as, as Svensson. He was fifth here on his debut, um, and he's a. I think he's a better player now. I'm not sure on that because we've not seen a win or he hasn't dropped down to corn fairy or anything to get those wins but like mm. that's almost like a, a good sign in itself other than like going up and down he seems to be remaining pretty solid and when you look at some of his underlying numbers last week like he was top 10 in off the tee and 15th around the green 27th overall in tee to green but he was actually terrible with his irons basically to mm-hmm. kind of bring that down but and the final day he was 25th in the field with his irons and 9th tee to green he actually shot uh, one of the better rounds of the day, obviously not as good as Cameron Smith, but mm-hmm. um, I think he was, I think he shot 69. 69. So it was a pretty decent result. Way to finish um, it. it wasn't one of the better rounds. I'm, I'm completely lying there, but like it was, it was a good round. And it's it was, still a positive yeah, round to finish on. Yeah. It, it was a solid way for him to finish a week that he'd kind of been pretty slow on, and mm-hmm. the fact that his, his best irons coming that final round was a positive to me. Yeah, like always like to see that. Streaky yeah. putter can get good on these kind of, uh, you know, basic greens. Uh, can he find himself in water? Probably, uh, but, but so can the rest of the field. So, um, kind of likes that. I thought I thought that yeah. was interesting enough for me. I did want to look at Grillo, but the price just. I also contemplated Grillo as well. I don't know yeah. why the, the Grillo price put me off when the Clark one doesn't. When I know that Grillo's done it before, I don't know quite mm-hmm. what that was, but like. He's been playing good golf, hasn't he? Like he, he seems he to be coming back to what we know of Grillo. Like, and as long as he's showing what he used to, like he was third here in 2020, 
Um, and again, he had a decent chance to win. He shot he shot six four sixty five at the weekend, so just left himself too much to do from the first two rounds. But yeah, really impressed with him mm-hmm. um, at the moment. So Grillo would be another one that would have been on the longer list if you like. But um, yeah, those were, those were kind of the ones for me in the in the double digit prices. Was there anyone else that you kind of thought about? Um, no, not 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 really. Let's have, let's have a look. Let me just have a look. I, I tossed up with Matthew Naismith. Yeah. Didn't get there. I still feel like 70s wasn't appealing enough. Um, other than that, no, I just I actually had a lot of long shots this week. Uh, so yeah, that's the way I'm going. The good well, Naismith missed that cut in Scotland, didn't he? Which broke his kind of massively long uh, mm. made cut streak. Um, so I mean, he's only missed two cuts uh, since Riviera, and it was the players or three cuts: the players, Texas, and the Scottish Open. So he's you know he's been playing as a good golf, but. Just one of those ones I feel like he's shortened up because of the price, uh, the place terms, as opposed to actually his chances of winning. Um, but let's go into these triple digits now. Uh, yours are, are more sensible than mine. Uh, I've oh, got I'm one. Gonna, I don't know about that. Well, well, well at least one of them is. Um, <laughs> we both liked Michael Kim, but unfortunately he's dropped out to go to the Corn Ferry event. Yeah, they're gutted about that. Which makes sense. Like, it makes perfect sense for his career, right? Like He's got mm. a good chance to get his car back through the Corn Ferry and can't do it without a win here. Yeah, he so. came up short for me last week. I was, I was, I was cheering him on, but he couldn't, couldn't get there. No, it was... Um, he, he's he's playing some good golf right now, and we know yeah. what the upside of Michael Kim is, so I don't know what price he's going to be. Have to get, he might have to get taken again this week. He'll probably be like 25s, 30s, so yeah. how good a form he's in. So I, don't, yeah, I don't mind he, that, though. He's playing good enough golf. No, to he's he's determined as well. And I'm not sure. I'll have to look at the top 25 rankings. I haven't looked at it yet uh, after the event. Uh, so he, I don't know whether he's still out there. He won't, he'll be on the edge, though, so he'll definitely still need a good result. So it's that kind of si- part time of the season where you need to start taking that into account. You, you must be close if you're going to give up starts on the PJ Tour. Uh, yes, exactly. He's 33rd in the top, in the in the standings. Yeah, there you go. Has got, needs, needs has got a, I don't know how these scorings work, but mm. he's basically 90, 82 points short at the moment. Yeah, um, it's tight as hell around the, I, around the 25, yeah. I don't know how... Well, basically, it's based on how many, uh, where you place. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you get a win, I think it's like 500 points, and it just goes down from... Right. So he can he can basically shoot himself right up with with a couple of good finishes. And yeah. You've got Pearson Cody there. You've got um, Akshay Batia. Um, so you've got mm-hmm. some good players. Jeremy Paul, like just floating around that kind of. Interestingly, Norman Jong is still under Michael Kim. <laughs> he just played. He's just showed up once and won. He, he, so he's got the five hundred points that you points. get for winning. Yeah, and absolutely it. nothing else, which is yeah. is wild, isn't it? So uh, that's that's the kind of week you want to have if you're if you're on the corn ferry tour. But um, he he obviously hasn't been able to get himself up uh, into the PJ because of that. Um, Callum Tarrant. Yes, another going with another corn ferry tour graduate. Yeah, uh, and he's he's had a relatively slow start to the year. Uh, started to find his feet and had well it's. It's not been that bad. Like he had that result in Puerto Rico, that tied fifth, yeah. quite early on after a string of missed cuts, and then he had that recent, more recently, that tied sixth at the John Deere Classic, which is another bent grass birdie fest. So I like to see that he showed up there. Like sort of, you can sort of look at that this week. Um, uh, last time out, he finished tied 22nd at the Barracuda Championship. Uh, but when looking at his stats on tour tips, 
it looked as though he just needed to find a half-decent putting week because he was ranked fifth in driving distance, fifth in greens in regulation, first in ball striking, and 37th in putting. And that's just all, all what you like to see. Uh, these greens, as I said before, they don't have much undulation and run really pure, so shouldn't be much trouble this week. So I'm just hopeful, hoping that he can hold some more putts. Yeah, no, I so, think yeah. I think with Cullen Tarrant, there's definitely an upside to him. Like he, I like the fact that he's kind of hardened. Like he's been to China, he's been to Corn Ferry, he's done basically oh, he's a wild route. Like to where he is now, <laughs> he, like this is a massive bonus for him. Like where he is now, um, and, and I quite like that. I quite like the fact that he's put himself through the ringer to get here. So um, and doesn't seem to to be shy of, of sort of taking advantage of that either. So. Um, likes that. Interestingly enough, Scott Kachuski is someone that seems to pop up for mm-hmm. me here and now. It's normally because he's got some ridiculously good approach numbers and nothing else. Um, but he was fifth at the Barracuda last week. Yeah, not long, but, but yeah, his approach numbers have been brilliant. So he basically misses the cut every week on the PJ Tour unless he's in like these opposite fields or he's in Texas. But <laughs> 18th in Texas, then three missed cuts, and a 16th on the Cornsbury, then four missed cuts, and then a um, fifth in the Barracuda. So I don't know because he's not played here. I don't know what he's done, um, but one to maybe keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, Taylor Pendrick isn't playing, but you know, as Jason says, if he was here, he probably would have won. So um, mm-hmm. I'd have liked that. And then interestingly, the former champion Michael Thompson finished top ten last week. Yes. Um, That'll be considered. Whether he comes back and does that again, I don't like that. Felt like such a out of nowhere win, didn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Like that. It just doesn't feel like it's going to happen again. But it was just interesting enough that. that was, I think he shot 62 last week, though. I, I think he did. I think he did. That would probably make sense. I, think, I, mean, I remember looking at it. Uh, like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Third round 62 for Michael Thompson. So yeah. So can nice. go deep. Um, <laughs> so the, on the OWGR, I'm guessing the positions they've got on the, on the left-hand side are their points finishes and just where they are on the leaderboard is their strokes um, score. So. Obviously, you had Mark Hubbard in fourth place on the left-hand side. He actually finished third in the in the just a stroke play. I'm guessing is how they've all all looked at it. So, interesting way of looking at that. If you wanted to get an idea of where people were in terms of yeah. stroke play and and um, Stableford scoring, it's not even Stableford; it's like modified Stableford. So, mm-hmm. um, completely different scoring there. But uh, off the rec- off the uh, track a little bit there with with that kind of line of thinking. But. Mm-hmm. You came in, so I'll let you go with... So we're going to go completely opposite ends of the spectrum here. We've got a huge up-and-comer who I really like. Who's, it feels like he's been an up-and-comer for like 100 years, uh, yeah. and he's still like 21 or whatever he is. Um, yeah. So Cole Hammer has been... I'm pretty sure he's been in circles for a long, long time. Like, did he play he's like been a, about for years now as an amateur, yeah. Did he play like the US Open in like... 10 or something because he's yeah he's played three us opens uh i think he played his first in like 2016 or something like 2015 that. he played the 15. us open right and there he's 22 now so yeah so he was 15 when he when he played 15. that um is that the right maths that is right isn't it seven yeah. years ago yeah 15 when he played in that us open uh oh. so no wonder he missed the cut but that's why he feels like he's been around for a long time but he actually only turned professional this year um, after winning the NCAA championship uh, mm-hmm. and then played in Wichita, he missed the cut. But last couple of starts, Brad, have given you reason for optimism. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, we've been seeing some ridiculously good performances from newly turned professionals um, on the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour recently. I mean, got her up 
he's made the cut four times out of six out of six PJ tour starts. Yeah. Pearson Coodie, top five and win and a win in his first Corn Ferry tour starts. And I'm just hoping we have another one uh, ready to show his class at the highest level. Um, he got up to sip in the world amateur rankings, was a top player for the Texas Longhorns College. As we said earlier, he's played in all the four majors. He has missed a cut, but great experience nonetheless. And yeah, that form, that recent form on the Corn Ferry has obviously caught my eye this week. Where I've always, I've always known about Hammer. Like I was, he's playing on the um, during the, the lockdown. There was like the small events in America going on. He, he participated in a couple of them. That's where I he sort of come on my radar. Um, so I've kind of kept my eye out for him since. And yeah, he finished 37th. Uh, that was on no he missed a cut on his first start on the Corn Ferry Tour and then yeah. his last two uh, tied 37th and 7th last week and you know as we've seen with the other uh, the other two I just said got her up and Coody it doesn't always take long for these talented amateurs to find their feet at a professional level so I think you can sort of take inspiration from how well they're doing and have done recently and that result last week was just enough for me to chance them at big odds and it's a weak field again so Six times the odds have got her up, even though Cole was the better amateur on rankings. You know, whoever he, he, I know, got this. You can't really take that all into account, but still, I think it's worth a small bet. I think the thing is, like, we were on this podcast, and it might have even been just me and Jason back in like when Thigala was just coming on, and like we we knew yes. how much of a pedigree he had, and he was like four hundred to one, or it might have been it might have been Patia actually, it might have been actually Patia who we were talking about that like was like four hundred to one, and we were just waiting for him to get like. A few starts in a row, and he'd start showing his class. And just while you were talking there about Cole Hammer, I was thinking back to like Davis Thompson, who I thought actually made a run in this event, but it wasn't. It was the Rocket Mortgage, which I always get the two mixed up. But like yeah. this season already, like Davis Thompson, like has been one, very one good on very yeah. like 12th, 15th, 6th, 5th win, and then he's sixth on his last start as well at the Ascendant, um, which is one of the ones that Hammer played well at. So um, just feels like to me like we. I don't want to say this because I'm, I'm I'm looking to try and um, ruin this theory that um, that they're coming out and being able to win quicker. Like you know, they keep saying that that like, they're just all so prepared now to to win. Yeah, it's like a different breed of yeah, like, yeah. like humans have obviously evolved in the last thirty years or something. But like, I'm pretty sure if I look back, and I'm going to do it at some point. If I look back over the last twenty years, I reckon that amateur has probably won most years on the PJ Tour. So. I don't, want to, I don't want to get too carried away with that statement because I, I think it mm-hmm. could be wrong. But I'm happy to look through and, and see if you know they are right. But I just, you know, I think to you know, go off the track again a little bit there, but like that's to the point of what Cole Hammer is. Like they can just come out and win. This mm-hmm. isn't a big event to go and do it in. Um, he's probably going to be. Is he going to be bigger on Betfair or is? is oh, if, gotcha. Have you ruined our I chance? Haven't I haven't looked, but I'm sure he will be. Uh, you might have ruined our chances of that before we even get there. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it, what I do like is that, like it, it can, you can see it happening. Like there's no reason why someone of his caliber. Like, yeah, he's got the pedigree. So the, what he's priced against is um, Cameron Percy, Camille Vajegas, David Lingmurf, and and the guy that I'm going to talk about. So let's let's talk about the guy that I'm going to talk <laughs> oh, about. No. Uh, Aaron Badley. Uh, I messaged yep. earlier in the group chat that how many does Aaron Baddeley win by? Uh, what did I reply? And you said that Cole Hammer would win. Um, and we said that we would do a reverse forecast. And uh, 34th and 15th, his last two made cuts um, in tee to green. 
and fourth, his two starts in those two starts in strokes gain approach. So statistically, over the last eight weeks, he's actually the best approach player in the field. Now, that suggests to me that he can't putt for Toffee. The good news is, is that you've told me that the greens are really easy. Uh, yeah. Historically, Aaron Badley, you know, had a good short game, and and that was kind of how he made his money. So I'm thinking that, plus the fact that it's actually an easy golf course, plus the fact that he's actually played very very well here in the past in spurts. So mm-hmm. 23rd on debut in 2020, opened with a 66 and closed with a 64, and then last year he finished 51st. Now, they don't sound like amazing finishes, and they're not, but like the fact that he was just shooting those low rounds, the fact that he's hitting, his, hitting the ball well, and we only need him to have a good putting week, and one, historically he's good at putting, and two, this is a really easy golf course to putt on. I just wonder if there's a bit of life in the old dog yet. You know, he was 13th not so long ago on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, he was 18th at the Valero Texas Open. He's 28th in the Puerto Rico Open. Like These are the closest like events we're going to get to what we're playing here. Um, the 18th for the Texas Open was particularly encouraging, uh, especially when it included a 74. So you, you you can't just knock out rounds, but like let's just turn that into a 72 for argument's sake, and he's inside the top 10. And mm-hmm. that's just the role of a ball here or there. If he's not putting well, then that, that could easily happen. So um, I don't think Aaron Baddeley can win. I think the years, <laughs> the years of Aaron Baddeley maybe winning uh, could be gone. But uh, in terms of top 10, top 20s, Lots mm-hmm. of places. Like, I don't think it's un- inconceivable he could finish eighth at no, 300 to one. No, I think each one. way values there. Uh, or 350 to one is on Betfair. Uh, on Betfair 65, sorry. So um, 300 to one, eight places. Definitely maybe 350 to one, eight places if you go on 365 as well. So they are polar opposites. We've got one that could be anything um, and, and could be a really elite talent. And we've got one that never quite... So I let's so let's see which one uh, ends up on top. Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure that I would uh, take a match <laughs> bet between the two of them. But I mean, he's got the stock, hasn't he? Was he won four no, times, Darren Badley? Yeah, yeah, he's won. I think he's won three or four times. Yeah, so he? he's 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 done some stuff. Um, never actually, I thought he would have played one well in the major in the past, but it doesn't look like he ever has. He's never cut some of his uh, OWGR unless he's just been so good on regular events that his uh, his top 15s on the majors aren't showing up. But uh, no, he probably never quite got to that level. He's just been a guy that... But he's been around for so long, hasn't he? I mean, look at his major record. Oh, yeah, so he's, I'm just looking at it now, yeah. 17th in the Masters, 13th in the PGA, 13th for US Open, 27th in the Open. So, you know, solid. Yeah, solid, mate. So Aaron Badley is uh, your winner from Cole Hammer. <laughs> And you, you, can, you can forget all the others at twenty-five to one. We will retire if that is the uh, case. Like, I won't, I won't be here next week if if those two uh, finish inside <laughs> we'll the top two. We'll be out two. on the jolly, won't we? Uh, we one will be out on the jolly, and two, I just, I'll, I'll never be able to beat it. So it's just so what's the point? Yeah, it's just absolutely pointless. Like, why would I waste my energy, uh, especially when it's four hundred degrees currently? Um, by the way, guys, the people that are listening, I have not put my fan on to try and keep the audio quality good. Uh, and I am dying here. So uh, to the people I hope that my fan isn't coming up. No, on you're all right. I mean, the people that that had a go at me for coughing on the podcast when I had you know serious coughing issues, I understand. <laughs> but I'm trying to make up for it by uh, by not putting a fan on. So um, yeah, I think I think that's probably it. Like I yep. don't want to go too far into events that I don't necessarily care too much about. Like mm-hmm. there there I think there's opportunities here. Like you've mentioned Cole Hammer. I just for some reason, I think Aaron Badley can uh, mm. contend. Like we like the guys at the top. It looks like a good place for Adam Swenson to break through. 
good place for Wyndham Clark to break through. I like Hadwin if I'm going to take someone from the top. Like, and uh, we forgot maybe because uh, Kim's gone out, we've Ju Young Kim. Yes, Ju Young Kim is coming now. What price have we seen? Him I haven't price? seen a price yet. Okay, but I will be very keen to to see. So what what price would you take Ju Young Kim? Have he slotted in that fifty to one range? Would I, you... I think you were spot on earlier when you said fifty yeah. to one. I think four. I think he could be shorter though. I think fifties would be a nice price. Yeah, I think given yeah. given you know what he's been doing recently. Well, when you look at lead, like a thirty-three to one. I know he obviously had a chance last week, but like if that's the barometer of prices, maybe he's going to go into there because yep. you know twenty-third at the U.S. Open, fifty international series uh, on the Asian Tour, forty-seventh at the Open last week. It's probably maybe my fifties is a little bit uh, hopeful, but I just feel like someone might just do that first show. You might have to be quick yeah. and. I've got a feeling it could be more like 40s, possibly. So around the Brendan Todd, Adam Svensson, Nick yeah. Hardy range. What about Nick Hardy? He's actually been playing some yeah, good stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, really well. Um, um, I thought he was quite disappointing in, um, what was that recent event in Illinois? Uh, John Deere. John Deere, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought he was going to do better than that. Yeah, I mean, he shot, uh, he shot a final round just oh, like, shit, 64, he didn't he? Strong. Just to get up there. But he was playing so well coming in. Yeah, um, I thought that was going to be. It, he could be. Um, that could be his time. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's he's playing well though. He's playing well. You, you can't. You can't bet them all, can you? That's the you can't bet them all. I mean, Davis Riley, another one. You know, he's. But he's. He is that in that price range where you can quite. Uh, is he, you can only, as we said earlier, you can only take one or two. You know. Who Who out of the people that you've not bet would would sting the most if if they did win an event like this? Ooh. One, is, there, is there anyone that you've kind of ruled off. out and gone thought? Well, I think it would probably have to be Tagala because I did um, consider like, really consider him up the top this week. And I absolutely love him. I think he's got it all. Um, so yeah, I, I do think he would be the one that would sting. I think I think McNeely would be one for me. Yeah, maybe. Like, him a, kind of a lot in the past he, as well. Yeah, and he's always been a, a, a pretty decent price, and now he's not. But like he was second after 54 holes here on his debut last year. Um, I can't remember how far behind he was going into that final round, but he obviously had a chance and just shot a 73 and fell away. Mm. And that feels like McNeely all over. Like He's never felt like he's going to go on and win. He's never looked like he's grasped one yet. Mm-hmm. So the 25s the kind of put me off. But if he was to get over the line... I've got to admit, the first name I wrote down this week was Adam Long, yeah. and I was just hoping to see 50s, yeah. like 60s, and... Yeah, so he was the first guy I was interested to bet. So when I saw 35s, I was, I was like, oh, gross. Yeah, I can't get there. Yeah, uh, just very solid, Adam Long. Like mm. he, like, again, he was one that I looked at, and I saw 33. Just well, I don't really care. Like you could probably put him a 33 to one at the Mike Ober, and he'd probably have a better chance because that's where he plays well. And I know he's played. I think he's second yeah. here. Like yeah, he's got a good record here, and he's very solid at the moment. You know, 21st at Canadian Open, 25th at the Travelers. And tied 13th for the John Deere, so he's there's three really good results, and yeah, he can he's, he can contend in these fields. Yeah, I've, there's always going to be someone. Like, I bet it's like a someone like a Doug Gim or something that just goes and shoots. Like everyone like, jumped off. Yeah. Yeah, he goes and he goes. I mean, what is what price is Doug Gim? Is he 100 to one? Uh, no, 80 to one. So, um, you know, 16th for the Scottish, 18th for the Canadian. Aaron Rye's not in the field, is he? No, I think he's either pulled out or just never entered and someone yeah. just put it in wrong. But I just think about, like, Doug Gim for a minute. Like, Amex, he had a chance to, to go on a win. Players, he's obviously, for some reason, just a course that he likes. But 
he was 18th in this event in 2020 and just feels like a guy that's never quite lived up to his potential. No. Um, don't know what to make of him. Don't know if he's no. don't know if he's a great player and in waiting or whether he's just not as good as he was ever touted to be and that's mm-hmm. why he's not living up to it. Don't know. Um, but I think that's it, Brad. I think that's it yep. for the, the 3M Open and the uh, Kazoo Classic. I always have to be careful if it's Kazoo Classic or Kazoo Open. Kazoo Open, yeah. I nearly called it Kazoo Open. I, I, I did it earlier on the show. I and I was like, if, it, if, you bet the, if you bet the Kazoo Open, you'll be betting a couple of weeks too early. So uh, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, don't listen to me when I say Kazoo Open anywhere. I've probably already said it before. Uh, but I'm going to summarise my picks at the Kazoo Classic. And it is uh, Jens Dantorp. I think you can get about 70 to 1 uh, on Jens Dantorp, seven places. Uh, Paul Waring uh, is down into 80 to 1, seven places. Frederick LeCroy is 90 to 1, eight places. And Santiago Bentario, uh, I've lost his price now, but he was around the same sort of prices. So Bentario there, uh, 90 to 1 as well on Betfred and Bet365. So they were the ones for me. Nice. And then uh, for Jason's pick, for he had Antoine Rosner, Alexander Bjork, Lucas Nemeth, Ewan Ferguson, and Jack Senior. Uh, in the Kazoo Classic. For you, Brad? Yep, so I took Olison at 28. Uh, the best price you can get now is 25-1 to 1 with Sky Bet. That's six places. Fine, though, right? Yeah, that's, that's fine. It's completely fine. I'd have taken him at that. Um, then I took Matthew Jordan, 33-1. to 1. You can still get 33-1 to 1 with Unibet, six places, or you can get eight places with Bet365. Yep. 30-1. Um, um, and then I took... As a long shot, Matthew Baldwin at 150 to well, 140 to one. I took him with Bet365 with the eight places, but you can actually get 150 to one seven places with Betfred. Yeah, no, so, I like that. I think I think. Do you think the Matthew Jordan is one that you would just feel silly if he won that you weren't on, but you don't entirely yeah, believe in? 100. percent Yeah, yeah. That, it's, 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 it's a gut play for me, Matthew yeah. Jordan. Like I, I don't think the price is. Brilliant, as I already said. Yeah. Uh, I just have a hunch that he's going to show up this week. Um, you, you know, when you get those sort of things in this event, you just got to do it. Um, yeah, you've got to do it. Field. Uh, Jason is one and done with Sahith the Gala in the 3M Open. And then I've got a, a wonderful card here. I've got Adam Hadwin uh, at 25 to 1. I've got Wyndham Clark, who is, I think he's about 50 to 1. Uh, now you can get 55, 8 places, bet 365. I'm going to join you on Adam Spenson at 40 mm-hmm. and 45 to 1. And the best bet of the week is Aaron Badley, who has been fourth in straight scale approaches last two made cuts, 23rd here on debut with a 64 as 66, and is going to come back and he's going to beat Cole Hammer uh, in second place. So uh, your picks for the three of open bread. Right, I've got Svensson at uh, 45 to one. You can get him with the eight places, bet 365 extra. Uh, then I took uh, Callum Tarrant. At 125 to one, that was with Sky Bet eight places, and then I took the man Cole Hammer, who's yep. going to beat Badley, <laughs> and he's going to finish first to Badley second. Nice little forecast. I took him at a crazy odds of 300 to one. I think you can even get 350. I'm trying to find him here. Yeah, with Uni Bet six places, but I'd recommend taking the eight places for yep. to one with Paddy and William Hill. Yeah, I like that. I think um, there's some speculative plays in there, but I think warranted, right? Like, I think they, mm-hmm. they make a ton of sense. Um, so let's roll with them. Um, 3M Open is certainly an event that 
you know, anything can happen. So, Brad, thank you as ever, mate. Uh, well done Cheers, again Tom. on Cameron Smith. Very happy with the week last week. Uh, yeah. so kept the run going, and let's see it out for the rest of the year. Definitely, mate. All the best.